that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman Wilf. Is that really in the Bible? Patrick Henry said this. He said, should I keep back my opinion at such a time though fear of, through fear of giving offense, I should consider myself guilty of treason toward my country. You know, sometimes you just, you can't hold back your opinion. You, you need to say what needs to be said because it needs to be said. Whether you hate it or not or people disagree with you, it doesn't matter. There comes a time when you should not hold back your opinion. Because your opinion is just as important as the buffoon beside you who always wants to give his opinion. So I want to deal with a subject today. Should a Christian be involved in politics? Now, a lot of Christians would probably say, well, no, a, a Christian should just sit back and practice. We should just practice our religion. You know, read the Bible, live the Christian life, and not get involved in any type of voting or politics. So should a Christian get involved in voting and politics? Now, you know, there's a lot of churches out there that don't vote. There's a lot of Christians. I think it's one-third of the Christians uh, don't even bother voting because they feel like they shouldn't be involved in that. They're above that. They're beyond that. They're whatever. You know, I don't know exactly the, the reason. Uh, one of the reasons I've heard is that, well, it, 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 it's a stain on my character to choose between the lesser of two evils. And you've got to understand, when you're voting for a president or anything, you are choosing, that's all you're doing. You're choosing between the lesser of two evils. And so a lot of Christians sort of perceive that as, well, they must perceive it as, well, I'm perfect, and for me to choose the lesser of two evils would make me imperfect, and, and so I don't choose, I don't vote, you know, which is utter nonsense, utter nonsense. Now, you know, when God looks at a Christian, all he sees is imperfection. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of good choices, really, when you think about it. Uh, I guess he could choose between the lesser. When he calls a person, he's choosing between the lesser two evils, maybe. I don't know. Or sometimes he might call the most rotten person out there just to teach him a lesson that he can change his life. But anyway, in 1 Samuel 8 and verse 6, it says this, But this thing despised Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected you, Samuel, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Now what you've got to understand is this. From this point in history, when we said, you know, Israel said, We don't want God ruling over us. Give us a king like the other nation. Give us a president. From that time forward, the only choice you had when voting was to choose the lesser of two evils. So don't, don't let that slip past you. Okay.
So should a Christian get involved in politics? You know, sometimes you think, well, okay, an honest politician, that's a contradiction in and of itself. Uh, how do you know when a politician is lying? When his lips are moving. But politics is the science or the art of government. How to govern one's life. You can go to college to study the science of government. The Bible is very much concerned with the art of government. Politics, yes. In fact, the soon coming government of God on this earth is going to consist of, number one, a king, Jesus Christ. Number two, territory, earth. Three, laws, the Ten Commandments. And four, subjects. That's, that's the four things you've got to have to have a kingdom. You've got to have a king, territory, laws, and subjects. The subjects will be us, people, whatever. So this kingdom, and when we talk about the art of politics, I mean, the Bible is very much concerned about politics or the art of governing people or governing others. Now, the kingdom of God, because the disciples made it, in fact, nearly everyone made a mistake back then, 2,000 years ago, that Christ was going to set up his kingdom right then and there. You know, they said, Lord, will you at this time establish the kingdom of God to Israel? And so they were, would be, the disciples were, would be revolutionaries. They were looking for Christ to set up his kingdom right then and there, 2,000 years ago. So uh, toward the people, the king, this kingdom of God, which they didn't understand, would be some 2,000 years later at Christ's second coming. But they didn't understand that. But they thought, okay, but that kingdom of God posed a threat to the established government of Jesus' day. Well, what was that established government? Well, it, was the, it was Rome. Uh, Israel was actually occupied by Rome. So if, if Jesus would not have been considered a political threat, I don't know, maybe he wouldn't have been killed. You know, I mean, I, we can all say, well, he was killed before our sacrifice. I understand that. But there are things that led to his arrest. There are things that led them to kill our Savior. And one of those things was that he was considered a political threat to the existing government, Rome, of that day. Now, John 11 and verse 45 says this, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Oh, yeah, you always got, you know, the ones that are telling on, you know, the, the, you know they, 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 they can't keep their mouth shut, the gossipers or whatever. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, what do we do for this man does many miracles? If we leave, now notice this, if we leave him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans, notice this, they were, Israel was occupied by Rome. The Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. So that was, a, you know, that was a power, they'll come and take away our place and our nation. So what kind of brown nosing, sucking up did the Pharisees and the Sadducees have with Rome? I don't know, but it was real and it was political. I can guarantee you that. Jesus posed a threat to the existing government of his day. If we don't do something about this, politically, we're dead. You know, Christ is dealing with the real power shakers of his day. 
Jesus did not just address the man on the streets. He addressed the corruption of government. You might say he dove right into politics. And you hear people, pathetic religious people, I just want to practice pure religion. Let me tell you something. When evil is present, pure religion condemns it. Let me repeat that. When evil is present, pure religion condemns it. You want to get yourself killed? I've just given you the remedy. When evil is present, pure religion condemns it. Notice the example of it. Mark 6 and verse 17. For Herod himself had set, sent forth to lay hold of John and brought him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Yeah, John the Baptist his head was served up on a platter, silver platter, I believe. The, the daughter that danced before Herod and pleased everybody. And the mother said, I forget, I'm getting, getting my story, my name's mixed up here. But, but my point is, 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 is this. When evil is present, pure religion condemns it. And it may get your head cut off on a silver platter. Okay. Pretending, you know, and our, I don't know. Pretending not to know what constitutes a marriage. As Christians, we ought to be outraged at such stupidity. Pretending to not to know what gender we are. We ought to be outraged at such stupidity. Now, there is hostility toward America that I think is on the verge of being demonic. The Democratic Party now despises the United States of America as we know it. Now, look, I hate to be the one to have to tell you this. I don't really hate to have to be the one to tell you this, but I, somebody's got to tell you. Somebody's got to wake you up, okay? They are running, the Democratic Party, they are running on a Marxist communist agenda that hating America, despising America, lying about America is the route to winning back their power. You know, and hatred toward America is just hatred toward God who has blessed America. You know, anytime you have hostility toward the principles found in the Bible, it's a death sentence. It is a death sentence. Only in America can you get arrested for opening your business, but not for looting one. Such as in the pandemic, you know. It's insanity. Isaiah 5 and verse 20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Yeah, we don't know which end is up or which end is down. We're that confused as a nation. I was working on my computer just a, a, few, a month ago and it came up Pride Month. I thought, what in the world is this about? Well, I knew what it was about. It's about the gay community. Pride, yes. We ought to be outraged as Christians. Absolutely outraged. But we just sit back in our glass cathedrals and say, the Lord will take care of it. Oh, yeah. John 10 and verse 10, the thief comes not for but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Yeah, rioting, killing, looting, destroying the cities. What spirit is that? What spirit do you think that's under? 
The America you and I grew up in is being targeted for destruction by Antifa, Black Lives Matters, and the Democratic Party, which are all on the same page. They're all on the same page. Deuteronomy 28, verse 28, the Lord shall smite thee with madness, blindness, and astonishment of heart. And I, I you know, I, I, I look at our leader and I think, you know, when I look at Joe Biden, I have madness, blindness, and astonishment of heart. But I, I, I look at a leader that, that is so incoherent. And I think, but then I think, you know, God allowed this to happen. You know, whether the election was stolen or not, if it was stolen, he allowed it to be stolen. God allowed it. And this is the, the leader that we deserve, which ought to bring terror and fear into our hearts if this is what we deserve as a nation. You know, the only thing that tells me is that we evidently are a lot closer to the return of Christ than I thought we were. If, if this is what's going, if God has allowed this, if this is what we deserve, if this is the type of leadership that we deserve, we're on the brink, and which uh, that's a good thing. We're on the brink of the return of Christ, but I'm telling you, we're going to have to go through pure hell before we get there. Pure hell. So, you know, the, the attitude often is, well, just lay low, not get involved in politics, just play church, you know, just, just sing in Glass Cathedral, just sing how much I love about Jesus. And, and again, one third of Christians don't even bother voting. You know that, don't you? But here's the thing. Every prophet God sent was political in that he was sent to those who govern. Think about that. Every prophet God sent was political in that he, God sent him, that prophet, to those who govern. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, a, starting a power base or anything like that. Actually, the Bible says that, that we are to be like leaven in a society. We are to spread. Christians are to spread. And we are to teach and, and give our opinion to others. And, and, and we spread out like leavening through society. But to remain silent over these issues of morality, to refuse to vote, it's, you know, it, it's not right. It's not right. Matthew 10 and verse 16, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpent and harmless as doves. Now again, violence is not an option. You know, burning down abortion clinics or anything like that. Violence is not an option as a Christian. It's just not. Matthew 10 and verse 17, But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the council, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. How could we live our Christian life and not be noticed? You ever thought about that? How, and, and, you know, that is a, a lot of the attitude of those that hate Christians. And, you know, it's just, well, let them go to church. Let them do their thing. Let them sing their music. Let them play in the, play in the choir. Let them do their thing, you know, but... They're, they're no threat. They're no threat. And it's true. We are no threat. Because we don't have the kahunas that John the Baptist had when he said it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. No, we've lost that. That is our kahunas. <laughs> Matthew 10 and verse 18. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Listen, you don't get into trouble with governments unless you trouble governments. 
Okay. When you sit there and don't tell a person the truth because you're afraid of how they might respond, you have rejected that truth for them. Standing up for what is right, standing against what is wrong, that's why we are here as Christians. We're not here just to play church. Okay? We're not here just to play church. And so many Christians just got the idea, man, if I just get to church, I just go to church. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, the Lord is pleased with me because I'm in the church. That is so much nonsense. You know, it's so much nonsense. You know, why are you wasting your time? If you don't have the courage to stand and resist evil, Matthew 10, verse 22, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. How could you be hated? You ever thought about that? Are you hated? How could you be hated? You know, are you one of these nice guys? You know, just, oh, he's a nice, he's the nicest guy I ever met. Oh, the nicest girl I ever met. They're so nice, you know. How could you be hated for Christ's name's sake? And it talks about enduring to the end. You know, who's going to endure? Who's going to be saved? You know, all, all these people running around. Yeah, I got saved last night. I got saved. I'm saved. I'm, I'm Christian. I got saved. Well, this says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. And let me tell you, you got a lot ahead of you to endure. And, uh, but, you know, okay, how could you be hated? Hey, let me tell you. I want to tell you how to be hated. All right? When your life, your message condemns the life that others are living, that's how you can be hated. You know, let me repeat it. When your life, your message condemns the life that others are living. That's how you can be hated. There is corruption in the highest places, places and Christians ought to speak out against it. The one thing that you can do, a Christian can do, is to vote. The, church, the churches have been too long examining their own navel. It's time to speak the truth. It's time to get out there and stand up for what is right. No, there, there's no perfect politician, but there is choosing the lesser of two evil. And I think we have allowed often, because our refusal to even vote, you know, we, we've allowed evil to flourish. And it's our own fault. It's all, our own fault. Think about that one. Now, I was just looking at a little thing here, and I, I just want to go through this for you, because I think it's, it's pretty powerful. Difference between Democrat and Republican. Democrats, I am for baby killing, killing babies. Republicans, letting baby live, live, excuse me. Democrat, defunding police. Republican, supporting police. Democrat, gun control. Republican, gun rights. You know, I, I, I gun, gun rights, you know, I actually think your right to bear arms is, is a moral issue because, you know, if, if, if you got a machine gun and all I got is a stick because our government has taken away our, my gun rights, that's not justice. That's not fair. You got a machine gun. I got a stick. You're an evil person. You're a madman. You've come to kill me. You've come to harm me. All I got to defend myself is, is a stick. That's not morality. That's a lack of morality. Your right to defend yourself is an issue of morality, I believe. But let's continue on with this chart. Democrats, 
riots and violence. Republicans, law and order. Democrats, open borders. Republicans, border control. Democrats, illegal immigration. Republican, legal immigration. Democrats, higher taxes. Republicans, tax break. Democrats, weak military. Republicans, strong military. Democrats, over-regulation. Republicans, small business. Democrats, let anyone vote. Republicans, voter ID. Democrats, welfare state. Republicans, working class. Democrats, poverty. Republicans, prosperity. Democrats, big government. Republicans, small government. Democrats, more control. Republicans, less control. Democrats, against term limits. Republicans, in favor, term limits. Democrats, socialism. Republicans, capitalism. Democrats, liberalism. Republicans, conservatism. Democrats, communism. Republicans, constitution. Democrats, suppression. Republicans, free speech. Democrats, defiance. Republicans, patriotism. You know, I, now listen, I don't know if you're a Democrat or Republican, but I know there's a huge difference between those two. And I know a lot of those issues I just went through involve morality. And it depends on where you stand. You see, you are involved in politics, the art of governing others. And you got two choices. You can remain in your glass cathedrals and remain silent. Or you can vote against the destruction of America and the party that hates America. I don't vote. You know, I, as a Christian, I don't vote. I've heard that. Uh, I just don't get involved in politics. I don't vote. Yeah, Christians not voting is the problem. It is the problem. The Democratic Party now despises the United States of America as we know it. They are, again, I'm repeating myself, but you need to understand that they are running on a Marxist communist agenda that hating America, despising America, lying about America is the route to winning back their power. And I can just imagine God saying to us, you know, sort of scratching his head and saying, you know, you didn't even think enough of your country to stand up and vote for it, to vote for what was best. Yeah, you had to vote for the lesser of two evils, but that's all you that's the only choice you've had ever since Samuel. When I when they rejected me, you know Samuel Samuel, they, they've asked for a king, they've asked for a president. They're not rejecting you, Samuel, they're rejecting me. And since that time, since that very day, your only choice that you've had as a Christian is to vote between the lesser of two evils. So, get out there, get off your butts. Stand up for what is right. Resist evil. Resist evil. And remember, when evil is present, pure religion condemns it. Yeah, pure religion condemns it. When your life, when your message condemns the life that others are living, you could 
end up like John the Baptist, where if you're head on a platter, you will be hated. I can guarantee you that. But that's sort of the choice that Jesus gives us. I, you know, I, I think Christ would say, you know, I, I never, this playing church thing was never part of my plan. It just never was. You know, feeling good about yourself, sitting in church, you know, thinking, oh, I'm saved, sanctified, and heaven bound. That was never, my, never the issue at hand. The issue at hand was to live your life right and to stand up for what is right. That's the issue at hand. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. This nation needs to repent. But repent of what? What is sin? Few people, in fact, few religious people, understand the definition of sin. As a nation, we need not only to repent, but we need to have the experience of repentance. Your religion is not enough. Too much confidence in religion can be the downfall of a nation. What is real religion? What is real repentance? Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, check us out on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.com. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program.